Hello and welcome. We are on episode seven, as Matt just subtly reminded me of. I was very subtle. Yeah, nobody even saw you do it. Hand signals. There's no video. Ha <laughs> ha. Low tech wins again. So we're back again, our seventh episode. And uh, today we're going to do a little bit of talking. Uh, for those of you that are listening to us from America, you may know that it's tax season right now. So It's uh, the day before tax day. Yeah, tax day. In actually, fact, by the, day we pu- by the time we publish this, it'll probably be tax day. I think tax day is actually pushed out till Monday due to the fact that it's a uh, holiday. Oh, is it not April yeah. 15th this year? It's not April 15th. They pushed it to the 17th due to the weekend. I, I didn't even know. Ha <laughs> ha! Something I know that you That's don't. <laughs> one of many things, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about taxes. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, uh, Flashback Trojan that came out uh, on the Macs. Everybody's what? really excited. There's, there's virus on the Mac? Yeah, yeah, there oh, is. That's weird. I thought they were and, vulnerable and to dude, that Dude, such a nerd. It's not even a virus. It's a Trojan. Come on, get it straight. This is a tech podcast. <sighs> I, 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 whatever. <laughs> it's, it's a subtle difference. I know the difference. Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and get it going here. Um, taxes. I don't like them myself. No, I'd rather not pay them. Yeah, it costs me a lot of money every year to pay taxes. They, they, they cost a lot of money, but they're a necessity. Yeah, I suppose. What are you going to do? Uh, pay them so that I don't go to jail, mostly. Yeah, <laughs> and, and without taxes, we'd all live in like this anarchic society where no roads or power or internet. So basically my neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, you do have electricity. And yeah. while, like we talked about <laughs> last week, that is a private industry, I suspect that if... You know, um, yeah, the gov- the we're in a post-apocalyptic, no-tax world. You probably wouldn't be getting that electricity. Yeah, I'll, I'd have to steal some uh, solar powers yeah. or something. I saw Waterworld. It's not. It's not cool. Yeah, or The Postman. Uh, two it, bad movies that I really like. Yeah, and th- for some reason there was a little window there where <laughs> Kevin Costner was a big fan of post-apocalyptic. He really uh, was killing it with those. Yeah, and it was like, wait, so this is going to be a future where the world's gone to shit, and I'm a magic man that brings everything back. <laughs> Let's do it. He was, there was one where he was magic. Well, I mean, come on, <laughs> fishman as close. He was, like, he was the fishman, yeah. and he was like then uh, he was a, a guy that happened guy to have that, a horse, right? And and <laughs> and lied. Fought, fought the former school teacher. Turned. Yeah. Do you know what those movies really needed more of? Naked chicks. Uh, okay, A, you're correct. B, Chris Christopherson. I, I can see that. Yeah. Like, uh, have you watched any of the Blade movies? Yeah, I love the Blade movies. And you know what the thing that makes the Blade movies awesome? Uh, not Wesley Snipes. Not Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson. And you yeah. know the only reason that they made the other movie that didn't feature Chris Christopherson, the reason it was fun? Um, oh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you're not going to have Chris Christopherson in, a movie, in your movie, shoot for Ryan Reynolds. By the way, remember the uh, the dude that was in the second movie? I can't remember his name, but the, the, he played the kid that uh, was kind of Chris Christopherson's assistant. Uh, he wasn't his assistant. He was the guy that took over for him while Chris Christopherson that's, had that's been turned it, yeah, into a vampire. Yeah. He's uh, one of the dudes on uh, The Walking Dead now. Oh, really? He's one of the main actors, yeah. You know, that guy reminded me of a version of uh, John Connor that had actually swelled more than John Connor himself had. A little, a little thicker than John Connor? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that was a really wild. I don't know where we got off topic. Diversion there. I think every time we get off topic, though, it is on movies and TV. Though, yeah, seems to be a theme with us. Maybe we should start a movie and TV specific podcast that we do. We'll make our own podcast network now that we got this one licked. Um, Okay, so on to taxes. Let's start there, sir. It's Kevin Sir? Smith's podcast network. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Seattle International it's the Film Festival. Smodcast Internet Radio, I think. 
Okay, so short of uh, any, I, I'm actually just gonna dive in. Have you? Um, I watched. Uh, this all Kevin, started with ta- tax day, but yeah, carry on with uh, Kevin Smith. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna just kind of leave our topics aside for a second. I watched uh, Too Fat for Forty the other day. Yeah. Um, I I big Kevin Smith fan. I can't remember. If I've movies. seen that one. I've seen uh, him his his talks, and they all yeah. seem kind of this, they they blend in together. I've been to his talks. His talks are awesome, but like, I don't know if I'm Kevin Smithed out. It's it. You may have had enough. I may have had enough. Like, I still like the dude. I'd go have beers with him or hang well, out with him. Well, the eight-hour session that we spent in Vancouver. <laughs> so, uh, just, uh, just because I, I, I threw in, like, our little private something there. Uh, Zach and I and some other friends went to see uh, Kevin Smith when he uh, was in uh, Vancouver, like, five years ago or something. Even more than that, dude. Six, seven, eight. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Uh, and and the the you know it was like hey Kevin Smith's gonna be in Vancouver where I thought oh this is totally cool it was before he was really going out doing a lot of shows it was it was kind of early on the the Kevin Smith tour thing and so we thought this would be super cool we were all big fans of uh, the the Kevin Smith films and uh, we drove up there and I've actually got some family up there so I had a place to stay. And I think the show started at like six or seven. It was really early start. And I remember I parked my car in this parking garage that says closes at midnight. Be sure and get the hell out of here before (laughs) midnight. So I was kind of like, but the show's at like six or seven. So fine, park here. That's fine. And I had to leave the show early. Yep. I remember leaving the show early, which only apparently like 20 minutes early. But I was like, I got to go. I got to go get my car. It's now going to be midnight. And this guy's been, this motherfucker's been up here talking for like six or seven hours. Granted, he did take a break, and Muse went up there and talked yeah. for a little bit, but yeah. You know, the funny thing for me on that show is, is like, we're standing in line, and we've been standing in line for like a goddamn hour, right? And I was like, I hate effing standing in line. This is so boring. I got my tickets. I get up to the front, and I'm standing there, and the lady that takes my tickets, I'm like, that's Jen Schwalbach. That's Kevin Smith. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing taking tickets? Like, shouldn't you be like in the green room or something? She's like... And for those of you that didn't see that, I actually just was kind of coy look around, like, did anybody notice type things? Yeah. But it uh, doesn't, again, translate auditorially. I mean, she's like, uh, well, they didn't have anybody to take tickets. And I was like, what kind of fucking place are you at? Again, like, I think <laughs> it was early in the, on the, on the, the tour uh, yeah, thing. Um, and now it's kind of been a, become a thing for him. Yeah, so uh, we're there and we're watching. Six hours later, Matt leaves and I'm hanging out there. And, you know, Kevin's getting on and he's gotten a couple phone calls. He's been told he's got to get off stage like a million times. And this dude sitting behind me goes, dude, you got to get off the stage now. It's time to go back to the hotel. And I'm like, what, was that fucking Muse? I turn around and Jason Muse is sitting like right behind me. And I'm like, hey, dude, how's it going? <laughs> and I think that must have been after I left. because Yeah, you'd we, already took off. And I was just like, this is weird. This is all of a sudden kind of like just hanging out with people almost. Yeah. With a room full of like 900 or whatever. But it was cool because the, the dude can just talk. And, and yeah. I, it wasn't like... It was six hours. It was it was, it was a good or at least a five yeah, hour show. Hours and I was interested the whole time. I was I was into it the whole time. I'm like, this, this motherfucker knows what he's talking about. And he's yep. talking about Ben Affleck and I think with the uh, Too Fat for Forty, the problem I really had with it though was it was a bit of a, it was retread. I mean, maybe I just spent too much time with you, Kevin. You'd heard that similar night. stuff already, and I was like, you'd heard it live. And yeah, you'd, you'd had the, the that effect. And yeah. The, yeah, there was some new stuff with Seth Rogen in there that was funny, but uh, yeah, you know, well. If if only someday we have like podcast like Kevin Smith has though because I mean he's got like an entire he po- they podcast everything I mean we're 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 nothing but I mean he's got like him and Adam Carolla if we could only hit the lofty heights if we could if we could hit that that would actually uh, be pretty sweet I'm if not we could lie. hit that we could, we can quit <laughs> our jobs 
Wait, and stop I, being no, I thought the, the plan was to quit our jobs last week. I'm pretty sure that I told my boss to blow did it. Did you? Um, oh, I, I, did, oh, I didn't. Uh, now this is awkward. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, back to taxes, which thankfully, taxes. since I don't have a job, it should be way easier yeah, this gonna year. It's going to be a lot easier <laughs> for you to file your taxes this year. Yeah. Just um, file an unemployment something, right? Yeah. I yeah. should have some of that. First, if you quit, I don't think you get unemployment. I don't, I don't know how that actually works. Uh, Maybe if you get fired, you don't get There's some some case where you don't get unemployment if you if you screw up your job enough. Well, yeah. Let's, not, let's not talk that. We're already way, way off topic today. Yeah. Good point. Good point. <laughs> okay. So uh, back to taxes. Yeah. Uh, um, this year, we had, like, my wife and I have had uh, a lot of stuff going on in the last couple years. Um, we got married. Yeah. We built a house, uh, bought cars, sold stock, did a whole bunch of crazy yeah. shit. And it's not like we just went and bought a house like every normal person on the planet does. We went and said, hey, we need to put some, uh, we, we got some land here. Let's put a well in. Let's get power brought up. So our taxes for the last couple years have been a bit hectic. So, so let's let's go back. So how did you uh, how did you file your how did you do your who figured out how to do your taxes this year? So uh, this you, year you filled out your ten twenty right yourself in with the my my ballpoint pen. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, we went to a tax preparation service, one of the um, ones that is open and available in all of the uh, better strip malls near you. Yeah. H uh, and R Block. Yeah. They've done our taxes for the last few years because we have had a bunch of weirdness going on in far as as far as what we've been doing with our money. Um, and so that's what we do. Um, we may be reassessing that. Yeah. Um, as I understand it, though, there's this uh, thing out there called TurboTax yeah. that a lot of folks use. I started using TurboTax three years ago, and I swear to God, it's the greatest thing ever. Now, I know that you had, it sounds like uh, a few yeah. years ago, you had some edge case scenarios going on yeah. where you had some complex stuff, maybe. Yeah. Uh, um, just for those of you playing at home, if you decide to um, get a divorce, sell a house, sell stock, try and split up all your uh, worldly possessions, that has some tax implications. And yeah. when you try and feed all that shit into TurboTax, and TurboTax like, suck it, bitch, you owe five grand to the government. And I'm like, I don't want to give them another five grand. So, you know, I, that was the uh, kind of first time I'm like, okay, I'm going to somebody. I'm gonna Maybe I should go my, see yeah. a professional exactly. and see I'm if like, they can help me out with this. I probably put the wrong number in the wrong box, but I can't figure out where, so I want somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah, so I used to always have my taxes done by my father-in-law, who uh, <laughs> went through the H&R Block uh, tax school, something or other. Like 90 years ago? Something like that. I mean, which is weird, because he's only like 65, but... He's got a time machine. Yeah. So he's always kind of, he initially, for, for years, the first few years I was married at least, well, and by few, I mean like 10 probably. That's yeah, just um, a couple. He always did my taxes, and I'm like, all right, cool, he knows, he knows what he's doing. And uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think it was three years ago, one of, my, one of my other friends was like, you don't use TurboTax, you idiot. Listen, here's all the stuff that I do, da, 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 da. And, and I used to go to an accountant, and the accountant was pretty much just using TurboTax, and so I you know, yeah. took it over and just did it myself. And so three years ago, I kind of went through, and I was like, all right, well, let's try TurboTax. And when I initially, I, I was, here, what, what amazed me with TurboTax was that I think that year I'd put a new, uh, I had to put a new roof on my house, which is uh, a big expense. Yep. And I don't think I was pulling enough money out in my taxes. I didn't have the right things set on my W-4 or my W-2. I, I can never remember which one's which. Which, which, which I can never remember which 
Uh, and numeral and means I fill it out and I give it to my company and tell them how much taxes to pay out and which one I get back in the mail that says how much taxes were taken out. The W-4s are the ones you fill out, I believe. I think so, The W-2s too. are the ones you receive, I know, because the dude asked me for yeah. my W-2s so the other day. I think I got it right when I said it. I just needed to make yeah. that, that distinction in case I was wrong. So I wasn't taking enough out, and I had the same thing as you. It, it, yeah. Not to the same extreme, but it was like, you're going to pay $1,000. And I says, oh, suck. So I started going through the, uh, well, hey, it looks like TurboTax tells me all these different things that I can get yep. detections on. And I'm like, oh, wait, I put a roof on and this. It's eligible for this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And, and by the time I was done, I was back to, you know, getting $150 back, which wasn't much back, but it it's was better than way better than paying. So, yeah. uh, and then the next year, I thought, oh, let's do TurboTax again and sign in, use my login mm-hmm. and password and oh sweet all my stuff's already there yep. like i just have to put in the information that i got on my w2 and boom 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 and then figure out what you know hey what did i donate to charity what did i do this what did i do that yep and it was great and this year i think uh i finished my taxes in like an hour yep that's what it um, took us with itemized deductions with you know yeah uh reviewing the taxes that were taken out including uh st- several stock sales dividends um uh, uh, uh money that we got from a will a little several, bit of stuff you were laundering uh there was a little uh i purchased some laundry yeah yeah uh, that, that's yeah. it <laughs> um yeah and and it, it worked it all out now granted maybe if i go to h&r block they'll tell me i get five grand back instead of whatever I got back, but it's possible. Like, uh, my wife and I, when we finished at H and R block, uh, we walked out and, uh, Sid was like, that was not worth the money we paid. <laughs> we did not what do it. We did not do anything complicated. So what, what, what does H and R block cost you? Um, this year it cost us $230. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, it was actually funny while we're sitting there. Um, the topic of how much it costs comes around and Sid looks at me and goes, so, uh, who's paying for this? <laughs> now for you those have of you to that, split that 50-50, right? Now, for those of you that aren't married, that's subtle wife talk for you're paying for this, right? Yeah. And I was like, well, you're the one getting the $1,400 back. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, hmm. And I'm like, so I think what we do here is we say the one that's getting the cash is the one that gets the uh, bill, too. So the other thing that's nice about TurboTax, and, and maybe you should do this next year, uh, you can just fill it out. And like you experienced before, if you don't like the answer it gives you, yeah. you don't pay them any money. Which yeah. is so. Here's the thing. But and see, I was thinking about this. That requires some planning. Like Sid and I were there Friday night or Thursday night, I guess, at five, sitting at the H and R block place. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I was Friday night. Uh, maybe I should do my taxes. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't give you a lot of window for change or for uh, going somewhere if you put it off to the last second, like we would. Yeah, uh, but I mean, on the with I mean, assuming you're doing this st- stuff in February, like you should, and by should I mean like not what either of us do. February, that's that's the month that's after January, right? Yeah, which you got all your tax information by the end of January, so you you've got like even if you're waiting like four weeks. Now you can I'm still a little confused here. When you say I received it, do you mean it's sitting in the big ass pile of mail that I haven't looked at since about two thousand and eight? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, what happens <laughs> with me is uh, it, the the wife collects the mail and mixes it in with junk mail slots, no. flyers, uh, everything else, and then puts it in a box and then moves it into the garage. So this is actually a, a, a something another tiny tirade I want to take today. I'm 
35 years old, and I'd like to think for the last uh, probably 28 years or so, yeah, I have been able to tell what is junk mail versus what is mail I care about. Right, right. If it's got color in it, it's probably junk mail. <laughs> exactly. It's a very simple yeah. uh, programmatic it, way to determine it. If it's like an ad from Harbor Freight, guess what? Junk mail. Yeah, but, but if it's Harbor, Harbor Freight, Harbor you want to look actually, at that junk yeah. mail. I do want to look at the Harbor Freight one before, <laughs> before it you throw it away. Yeah. You just want to look at it. You're not actually going to buy any no, no, of it, that stuff. You know, but, I need to know cool what's there. Stuff, yeah. right? yeah. Um, but like the stuff from Safeway, the Super Savers that come in, the... The, the, uh, the blue envelope. What is? Yeah. What the fuck is in there? I have the, no idea. Coupons, right? I've never opened. They've got to be the cheatest coupons in the world. But they come in. It's the yeah. blue envelope. It is Super Saver or something. Yeah, right? it is that. Yeah. But here's what I don't understand. Like when I pick up the mail, which I do every quarter or so. Um, <laughs> that's. I'm not even lying. That's okay. the sad part. Yeah. Um, I can like, a. I have to work to get all the crap out of the box because it's stacked and we have a big right. box. Um, so what I'll do is I'll sit there at the mailbox and I'll go, okay, letter that says important tax information. I should keep that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, letter from uh, the bill that is auto-paid off of my credit card, but for some reason they keep sending me a goddamn bill. Yeah. Uh, junk mail. Yeah. Super saver, junk mail. Yeah. The home mag, junk mail. Um, anything that is like has color on it, like you said, yeah. junk mail. Uh, Netflix, okay, keep that. Uh, and then I have like a tiny little handful of mail and then a big old pile of mail yeah, that is yeah. just crap. And, you know, I come in, I take that, I drop it in the, uh, we have a little recycling bin, mm -hmm. um, sort of, in the uh, laundry room on my way in. Yeah. So I throw the crap in there, and I bring the other stuff in, and I set it in the little spot where we set mail, and we both ignore it very well. However, when my wife does it, strangely... I think this is a wife thing, because I'm guessing... This guess, algorithm I, I, she doesn't have, she doesn't yeah. know what is junk mail. Yeah. She's like, I thought this might be important. I'm like, it says... You have an offer for a new Visa. Guess what? I don't need a new Visa card. If you're offering me one, I don't want it because right. it's got like 13% interest or something. Well, uh, is that like a woman thing? Is there just like it, the crosswired or I, something? I, I, I don't. I think it's. I think it's the women that we happen to have married thing. Uh, well, the, what happens <laughs> with my wife? So so, and I can say this freely because she's never going to listen to this. Um, Neither will mine. That's the great yeah. part. And if she <laughs> does happen to, so I sleep on the couch for a couple of days. Uh, so. <laughs> She goes out to the, and she gets the mail. She insists on getting the mail. There was there was a couple of months where I was either unemployed or whatever, like ten years ago, where I'd get the <laughs> mail every day and this stuff worked out. But she insists on getting the mail. It's not even like she gets the mail as soon as she gets home. Right. And uh, and she'll go through it. She'll look at everything. Right. She'll open up the ones that are bills and she'll look at the bill and she'll put it back in the envelope. So there's these opened envelopes <laughs> with the bill inside of there. Right. Or or other important information mixed in with papers and and junk mail and yep. flyers and everything else and it all just goes into this big pile there's no throwing away that stuff because it, it, it it's not be even important i don't even think it's that it might be important it's just that she doesn't want to throw it away i and and i think there's a little bit of uh she would be if it wasn't for me uh would probably be just like those people on hoarders ah uh, right see like everything would just be piled up because mm -hmm. i can't throw that away like like what if i wanted to use that super saver Coupon when I went to Rite Aid to purchase other stuff that toilet I don't paper. Need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it does seem weird. Like my wife is not a hoarder; she's more than happy to throw crap away. But I, the algorithm in her head for what is junk mail, see, like she doesn't have it. Yeah, and the weird thing is, is she has it for anything that has her name on it. Ah, if it has my right, name right. on it, it may not be her responsibility, and right. she doesn't want to fuck it up. So, so she'll just put it. Yeah, in we'll this just pile put it over here. here. Yeah. And like my favorite is the. 
Are you going to look at that mail? You've known me for four fucking years. Not once have I looked at mail unless I thought there was a check in it. <laughs> like, seriously. When, when I did my 401k rollover, I was checking the mail every goddamn day so that I could right. get that 40 did grand. Did we get any mail? Somewhere. Is there anything in the mail today? Exactly. Um, short of that, I'm like, I, I don't really believe in paper. Yeah. Um, if they want my money, they will call me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, that's how we feel about mail. How did we get on mail? Where did we? Where did we? It, it was something off of TurboTax. I know I, that. I say we let the listeners tell us next time, so that I can actually yeah. have some interesting emails. Oh, we were talking out. about your important tax do- our oh, yeah. important tax documents and how. Yeah, when, that's the hardest part for me is finding the tax documents so that I so, can use to fill out. And this was weird for me um, at Microsoft. Oh, okay. I'm gonna actually back on the tax topic. This is something that really frustrates the hell out of me. Um, so. For those of you that have like been working in a career for a while and you have a job, you've got a 401k, you've probably got a Roth IRA, maybe not. Um, you've got some maybe taxes. Not. Well, it, it's I, dependent yeah. on how much you make, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can have like, like I, I have a lady that does my money for me because I also don't care about money. So um, what happens is she makes decisions for me yeah. on um, what to do with my money. I tell her how much money she's going to get to do stuff with, yeah. and then she makes that money bigger. Yeah. And she's actually done that, so it's awesome, right? Yeah. Um, that being said, I have no idea where any of that money is or what's it doing. I just get you know these uh, things in the mail every month that tell me what's going on, right? And I've you know integrated that all into uh, uh, Mint, so I can look it up in Mint and see what's going on. Yeah. But then come tax time, I've got also um, owned by Intuit, the same company yeah. that does TurboTax. Mint is awesome. If you're not using it, go use it. It's the greatest thing on the planet. Um, so when I was at Microsoft, right, I had a uh, bunch of stuff in Fidelity. I had a bunch of stuff like uh, through other places. And through Microsoft, all of that was available digitally. Yeah, it's awesome. I could go to a website. I could get my tax form. Even I could, your W-2. I could get right? my W-2. You just I go on, you log print it out. It was great. Info, yeah. right? The drawback to this is... Why would you print it out? Because I need it to go to HR Oh, right, block, right. Because right? you have a person. You're not yeah. just filling it out. I've got a physical manifestation. In another window on the same computer. So, yeah. So, i got to go find it. And i got to print it out. And I, I don't really believe in printers either. Uh, that's That was where I was going. <laughs> so, um, I don't really. I, I can't even barely use them. Uh, so, like, it was always a pain in the ass for me. Because I had to go try and figure out how to print all this crap up. And then take it to a person to do it. When, really? Why is this not automated? Like, seriously? How much time do you waste? Like, if I could just say, hey, look, Microsoft, I'm going to go ahead and say that Intuit, the people that do uh, TurboTax, they can have access to this, and please provide this to them in a programmatically accessible way. I have vouched that they are requesting on my behalf, and... I wish everything could do that. And and some of the stuff on TurboTax does that. And supposedly, you're supposed to be able to put in your, your employer's identification number, yep. and it can theoretically pull it from you if your employer supports that, which uh, mine currently doesn't. But on the, all of my... Wait, here, here's the thing. If an, um, an employer that employs, like, what, 80,000 people? I, I know, you think they would just, like, let that. But, but, but by, that, by that point, there's, there's only a few things that have to go in there. The part that's really hard is the all the financial institution stuff, all of my yes. stuff with Fidelity, which I put in my, oh, I'm with Fidelity, and here's my username and password, and import. Yeah. And done. And now, the great thing about TurboTax was the uh, version I was using didn't actually support that. And mm-hmm. it goes, you want to do this? You're going to have to pay us another $20. But what we're going to do, we're going to upgrade you that version. Again, you're not really paying for it until you say, this is what I really want to do. And 
do I want to figure out? Because when I look at those forms, and I had the actual forms from the financial institution, and I look right. at it, and I'm like, uh, and what see, the fuck does this mean, right? And I'm like, no, 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 let's just do the input. It's worth the t- extra $20 for me to just import it straight from them and have it go, oh, here's your magic number. And when it right. came back, it was like, oh, magically, I oh, I didn't pay tax on some of these like short sales and whatever, so I, I, I lost $20 or some shit like right. that, but whatever. That, that's really my problem with taxes in general is everybody is storing everything in a digital format now. Yep. Like, Microsoft, Amazon, fucking Boeing. Like everything should be digital. Yeah. At that point, you should be able to go, you should be able to say, I'm me and here's my number or something, right? Some yeah. secure well, way to do it. And then it just goes out and it pulls and it figures out everything, charity I donated to and everything yeah. else. And it just pulls it in and I go, Here, here's what it, I don't, I shouldn't have to think about that. Yeah. It, it, it's painful to me because like, like my circumstances here. Uh, when I uh, went from Microsoft to Amazon, right? I had a Fidelity account. Um, I have a couple of different bank accounts. I've got uh, uh, at uh, Amazon, I now have, I think, uh, Vanguard for my 401k. And I've got uh, Charles Schwab for my stocks. So I, and then I have all of the. Uh, the uh, we sound really hoity toity. Well, right the now. thing is, it's like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> here's, this here's is the, thing the for me, stock like, accounts. Okay. Just, I know it's nothing just funny, about right? any Cause, of cause, this, right? Because <laughs> it, it's funny because I think if people are listening to this, they say, well, these guys got their shit together. But I, I, if you actually like, saw us. And that's, that's, that's my problem here, right? Is like, I'm sure that I owe somebody something. But there's so many places out there that I may owe, and it all seems to be like, like you go to this guy, you know, like let's say I want to go to Vanguard to do something. I'm like, okay, I have to know how to talk to Vanguard so that I can try and navigate their website to find the 1099 or whatever stinking form that they need to give me. Yeah, and then I got to go do the same thing for Fidelity. Then I got to go do it for uh, like you Charles just put Schwab. Put it into TurboTax and, and just say import. Yeah, that's like, why it's better than H and R Block. I'll I'll buy <laughs> that, but. It, the the whole tax industry should just kind of agree on a standard and go to town with it. Yeah, I I completely agree. They've obviously agreed on a standard because there's this thing called tax law. I know because the H and R Block guy is always like, "So here are the changes that are upcoming in tax law. Would you like me to review this for you?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Would you like me to read you the OAuth spec?" Because I'm guessing both of us would be bored out of our fucking mind. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I'd be bored out for both of those. <laughs> I mean, seriously, come on. Yeah, I don't care how techy you are. Specs are boring. I know a number of folks who would argue that. Okay, well, yeah. okay. So, uh, so, so real here. quick, by the way, you 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 mentioned something about printers a minute ago, and I, I kind of want to go back into technical right. stuff for for just a moment. Yeah, for our technical podcast, right. that's since, cool. Since you know, uh, I I think we were we were close because I'm I'm really pushing TurboTax because I think yeah. it's awesome I, uh, and it and is great tech. You've actually convinced me. I'm actually next year we're going to give TurboTax a try and we're yeah. going to do it early. And you can try it for free. And if right. you go, no, it looks like TurboTax says I owe five thousand dollars. You can you know pack it right on HR in our block. Um, so I hate printers. Yeah. I really do. I mean, like this, I I never print anything out. So. Um, I, and anymore. There was a time when I worked in another industry and, and everything I did, like, I was doing a lot of documentation. Right. And I'd print it out when I would go through and proofread stuff. Right. right? Because it may, it's, it's a lot easier to do some some things with a hard copy. And, you know, that actually is a is a weird thing that's changing now. You and I are kind of Luddites in that form where I actually retain data better and uh, can see things easier 
when I'm reading it in physical media because I'm like, okay, this is bullshit right here. That's got to go. That's got to go. If I'm looking at it on a screen, I'm like, scroll, 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 scroll. Don't it's all care, good. Don't care. Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same. Um, I that that said, most of my proofreading now I just do on the screen. Right. And I just accept the errors. Uh, <laughs> when I was doing work that I was writing formal documents that were going to you know be under legal scrutiny at some point possibly it was it was a little more important to have right um you know uh, things correct so so I, I used to print out a lot I, I rarely print out now and even then i didn't print at home hardly ever i have no idea why i have a printer in my home right there's nothing i ever print out i know why i have one in my home because you have little kids i have a wife oh who prints out goddamn everything is that so that she can, doesn't have to save a bookmark I, on her computer? I, I think so. <laughs> as far as I can tell, I think so. Notebooks. She just prints it out, and then it, and then it goes in on top of my mail, uh, or interleaved with the mail. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, so your right? house is a fire hazard, basically. Pretty much. Um, so I always had, like, the printer, though, would, you know, I had a, a printer connected to my, my what was, I, I'll call a server, but it happened to be the only <laughs> desktop, that was the only desktop in my house. And you'd go, oh yeah. Well, so I'd, I'd hook up her laptop and go, yeah, just here, it'll, it'll print here now from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And invariably, there's tons of problems with that. The print, would, computer's down. It's in sleep mode. Down, it's exactly. Doing whatever. I can't print. Why can't it print? And then I'd have to run upstairs and push a button, and, and now mm-hmm. it prints and everything. Um, and it was just a pain in the ass. So yeah, around I don't know, last November sometime, we were I was doing some home remodeling, mm-hmm. i.e., stripping out the entire house and putting in a new carpet. I remember I was there for that. It was it was it was a bunch of work. I think you still have my circular saw. I do. <laughs> um, I think I had your circular saw from before that actually. Yeah. Uh, the um, a- a- and when I did that, I'm like, you know what? I don't really need have to use this desktop computer anymore. I don't need it. The only thing it's used for is to print off of, and it's a pain in the ass. Yep. Why don't I buy a new printer and buy a network wireless. printer? Yeah. And then I don't have to have this printer in a specific location that's yep. next to... I, it just needs to be near a power outlet. It can be uh-huh. anywhere in the house. It can be in the garage for all I care. Yep. It, it happens to be in the laundry room now. Um, which is <laughs> seems like an odd place for a printer, but it's... Your laundry it's, room is fairly centrally it's, located. Exactly. Though, so centrally located in the house. I built some shelves for it, so it's yep. up, it's out of the way. It's, it's You don't notice it until you go, hey, I want to print something, and you walk into the laundry room. And here's the thing. The network printer, it just always works. Yep. I don't have to worry about the workstation that it's on being in whatever mode, sleeping, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, Sid it's basically I, set it and forget it, and it's awesome. Yeah, um, my wife is in school, so she has to print out a bunch of crap for yeah. school. And uh, I found her the other day in the office, um, unplugging the printer from the computer that it's plugged into, so she could plug it into her computer. Okay. And I was like, "Why are you doing that? I set it up so, so that like." it's not a network computer. You don't. You don't have a network. I printer. I don't have a network yeah. printer yet. Right. Yeah, they're <laughs> awesome. You should get oh, one I totally, because yeah, yeah it, it'll was, avoid problems like what you're well, about yeah, to explain. Well, yeah. When I found her, I'm like, "What in the hell are you doing?" She's like, oh, "I'm trying to print something." I'm like, "But you didn't need like, did it not work?" She goes, "Oh, I just didn't know." But hasn't <laughs> she printed stuff off of it over the network before? Um, apparently not. So I guess I had printed all of her documents for her because I usually have a laptop or something sitting near me. Yeah. And I guess I had just been doing it. She didn't know that it was accessible. And I was like, oh, shit, my bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, so the uh, decision we made here was the next time we ran out of ink, 
um, it's time to buy a wireless right, network printer. Right, because when you when you buy ink, it's about the cost of a printer. I yeah. swear to God, the the printer companies subsidize their sale with the purchase of ink. They have to because um, I I can go and I can buy. Um, and I had to do this when we were uh, doing some uh, stuff for the wedding. We were printing up like uh, some kind of invitations for something. I yeah. don't. It wasn't even for the wedding. It was for like I don't know. Um, and I had to go to the store and buy ink, and it cost me like a hundred and sixty dollars. And I'm standing there going, there's a printer right here for 140 Right. And you can buy that print, and it comes <laughs> I, with ink. And I, and there's, yeah, I'm like, Although I don't. Although I think they've, I think they've figured it out. And so the, the ink that comes with the printer initially is, now is a like, smaller reservoir. Yeah, it's like, yeah exactly. It's yeah. like, it's like 20% of what you'd buy. Yeah. So you're kind of, they, they kind of trick fuck you a little but bit. But even that, given but. that, it still lasts me two years. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, no. yeah. But no, the next, uh, the next major purchase for the office, um, and not even major, I guess. The next, when I'm at Fry's and see a reasonably priced printer <laughs> purchase is... Or, uh, or Costco or anywhere else that sells yeah, printers. Yeah, I actually got my yeah. dad a really cool uh, wireless printer from Costco for Christmas um, last year, or maybe, the, I don't remember, uh, in the last couple of years. And it was a really slick printer. I mean, it did the whole... Uh, my dad runs his own home business, so he needs, like, a fax printer, right. scanner, wireless, magic. I, yeah. And I was like, it's... Like two hundred dollars. This is great. I think I got mine at Costco. It's HP numbers. Yeah, uh, <laughs> those are a good model. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's uh, but it's got all the every you know you can scan, you can print, you can cop make copies with it. I, I can actually do photocopies where you just put it in the thing and it like yeah, it sucks through. it through the tray. That's and the whole thing was like one hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, this is this is this is like magic. Like mm-hmm. like ten years ago. If they were selling that same thing in Costco for 120 bucks, I did my mind would have just like it popped because. Okay, and you guys actually are. My right. mind would have popped. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been blown away that they could have sold a printer for that cost. <laughs> um, now, what we're experiencing here is the first time where apparently I uh, fucked up while looking up something on the internet, and I accidentally stopped the podcast. Um, what you missed was an awesome uh, historical retrospective on our experience with printers. And dot matrix printers. Yeah, and we're not going to go ahead and repeat that because we don't really know what we've talked about I and what no we haven't. What I, said. I just railed on about dot matrix printers and yeah. how awesome network printers were. And so I think, um, I think we're there. The important takeaway, and this is mostly because Matt and I don't want to have the same conversation we just had, uh, buy yourself a Wi-Fi printer. They're awesome. They're the bomb. Um, yep. Use them. Don't buy a dot matrix printer. <laughs> Stay away, exactly. Stay away from dot matrix. Okay, so um, let's talk our next. I'm glad topic. you noticed that, by the way. It would have <laughs> sucked to talk for the next forty minutes and uh, then go. Oh, what? Yeah, I, I'm actually somewhat intrigued to listen to this episode now to figure out exactly how much we lost. <laughs> I, I don't think it was that much. I think it was about five minutes. Again, just printer talk. Yeah, uh, this is printer talk with Matt and Zach, the uh, least listened to podcast <laughs> on the planet. Wow. So uh, the next I almost want to create that as a parody. <laughs> you want to do that next week? Yeah, we'll, we'll do a little uh, printer talk bump. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, I guess the, in the last week there's been a lot of uh, talk about the flashback Trojan um, on the Mac OS. Yeah. Now, it's not a virus. No, no, no. I've already mocked you about yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Um, so uh, one of the things that always kind of made me smile is back in the day. Um, uh, Apple used to advertise Macs don't get PC viruses, which is kind of like saying whales don't get human viruses. It's kind of like that, or it's kind of <laughs> like saying, "Hey, you know what? The uh, 
back back before uh, the all the people from uh, you know Europe came over and invaded the Americas, the Indians never got sick with smallpox. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's it's kind of the same. Yeah, and for some reason, it's because there was like ten percent of a there was a much smaller population, and less densely populated. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think the interesting thing here is Apple, who does awesome at a lot of things. One of the things they've managed to do awesome over the years is really build kind of a mythos around their uh, product. About how... Uh, how like, easy to use it is, yeah. how much safer for you it is. Yeah. And uh, this is one of those cases where, you know, the uh, audience and the consumer is getting substantially smarter and starting to recognize that eh, the Mac, the PC, Linux... Anybody can build a virus for them. I mean, they're all running software. All software has exploits in it. Yep. Um, you just have to find that exploit and right. exploit it. And the important bit about this is, like, just take it as read that the world's going to go bad at some point. Yeah. And you as a company who's providing technology solutions to people, what you need to do is just completely knock out of the park your response to it. Yep. Right. So now, there's a lot of arguments across the board with the Linux folks who are like, we had a fix in 48 hours. Okay, cool. Microsoft, we already didn't you have a fix. It took you a whole week to get a fix. Right. But like right. the Linux people, they made a fix. But Microsoft made a fix, documented it, distributed it out to all their customers, and, you know, and uh, it automatically pushed it out to pretty much every Windows OS that exists. Right. And and on Tuesday or if it's if it's something critical, they do it before the second Tuesday of the month. Yeah, exactly. So like the the response here is what's important. And yeah. I think uh Linux all of the uh major Linux distributions that are uh like uh out there that are have uh, corporate sponsorship, they do a really solid job of responding. Yeah. Um Microsoft does a really good job of responding. In this case, Apple did not do a very good job of responding. Well, do you think part of it is those companies like have had to build up a response because I mean, like you, you look at like Microsoft and Windows. I mean, after Windows ninety five came out and everybody started using Windows, and there was a lot of you know um, vulnerabilities and exploits right. and viruses and everything. I, I, I think Microsoft kind of had to said based on their experience, we've got to come up with a way to well, handle these, and they built an entire department that 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 handles security and, and trustworthy computing and everything. And I think Linux, just because there's so many uh, businesses running, like you're saying, those specific builds, and they become... Right. Uh, um, it, it's And I, I think it all boils down to a, a kind of a two-pronged thing here. There's a maturity of the business that you're running yeah, and um, the wide distribution base that you have. yeah. Like, if you go into anybody's home, you're probably going to find a Windows machine. Yeah. Right? Uh, if you go into a barista's home, you're gonna find a Mac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, which is weird because Macs are more expensive and braces don't make any money. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it either. But how does that work? Everybody that's like I, reverse economics. It, it, it is a really intriguing thing because I know a lot of folks that kind of just um, have chosen to live on the margin, right? Yeah. They like working for three months and taking six months off, and they all seem to have Macs huh. and. Then there's the people that are, like, busting their hump every day at a job, and they've got, like, a PC. It's like, how, how does this work out? Yeah. I mean, whatever. But anyways, I mean, it, I don't think anybody can really argue that Microsoft and Linux are fairly um, aggressively deployed compared to Mac OS. Yeah. And as, as a person that's looking to um, exploit a bunch of machines and get them to do whatever I want, 
Yeah. Are you really going to go after the people that are kind of trailing? <laughs> yeah. By the way, the the other thing that was interesting on this particular Trojan, because it is it is a vulnerability in um, Java. Right. Uh, not really the Mac OS. And that's why, again, it, it crossed multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading, and I don't remember the source of this, but uh, about three months ago I was reading an article that a lar- very large percentage of the current viruses, trojans, worms, um, are exploits of uh, Java right now. Um, and, and it's kind of one of the biggest entry points. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of security experts, which, oh my God, don't get me started on security <laughs> experts, but a lot of them basically recommend not installing Java ever, um, or the Java engine. Right, yeah. the Java runtime. So I, in uh, in my recent past, have, like, started having some experiences with Java. And there's been some decisions made in Java that have impacted me that I am just frustrated beyond belief on. Uh, For instance, did you know that Java's uh, DNS implementation, uh, when you say, hey, Java, I want to go ahead and connect to this server or this service, and it goes, hey, I'm going to connect to that service at, you know, www.service.com. Yeah, that's my favorite website. Do, Do you know how long... Um, Java will cache the uh, DNS response it gets? No. Forever. Until Java's restarted. Uh, really? Yeah. Even if there's a time to life specified in the yes. response? They, it uh-huh. ignores that regardless? 100%. Yeah. Huh. That might Do you know make how things problematic. Yeah. This is like a internally seriously frustrating thing to me. It's like, <laughs> really, Java? Like, I'm sure so if you change a lot if you of change cool your... things, but like... I'm running important services here, and you're not respecting like basic, simple stuff. All right. So uh, basically, what you're saying is, and let me break this down. If I change my DNS record, right? So if I've Correct. got a if I've got a DNS record that's pointing to a data center, right? And I change it to point to another data center because I'm yep. doing maintenance work. Uh huh. And you don't want to impact your customer. I have to reboot all of the Java runtimes that are uh, have already. Uh, so you basically, either need or to clients uh, basically. You either need to um, balance all of your Java clients, right? Which could be things like if they're that end users, other people, people are that using aren't, yeah. that aren't me, then right? You, so you can't bounce those, right? You can't bounce those, or you have to send them a reset, like a TCP reset, right? So you say forcibly close this, which basically means uh, I have a VIP that they're all connecting to, right? And right. I just have to turn that VIP off. Right, so they which, get a bad experience. Which gives, exactly, it translates to a bad user experience because they're now going to get, like, there's going to see latency, they're going to see an availability hit. I mean, it's just right. it's So there's no way to basically have a graceful failover Correct. on a Java client. Unless you have um, extended it so that you're actually purging the cache on your own and saying, hey, Java, Right, so if you, if you write something on top of it to right. purge that cache specifically, but that's, you're, that, that's you're assuming that your developers went through and did that forethought right. and, and, and realized that, that, Which, realized that it was a missing part of what should be there. Yeah, that's kind of like saying I bought a car and forgot to check to see if it had a reverse in it. Right. I get home, oh, my bad, it doesn't have a reverse. Right, right. So like, now I've got I've to have a tow truck drive yeah, around I've behind gotta, me and back me up every time. I've got to pop it into neutral and like hope have that five guys wheel, back me yeah. up. Um, wow, that is shockingly bad, isn't it? Yeah, and I can see where that'd be incredibly frustrating, frustrating as as an as administrator trying to do work without impacting customers. Engineer, uh, I don't know what I said. You said administrator. Oh, yeah. You're fired. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Zach. I will be your administrator today. <laughs> I will install some That's patches. <laughs> 
Uh, that was borderline I, I, racist. It, sorry. it was <laughs> not even borderline. And I, honestly, is there... The only reason, basically, now that we call it engineers as opposed to administrators is so that you have a way to differentiate yourself from those people. And well, I don't mean no, no, Indians. No. I mean, like, so low-level administrators. Here, here's the thing. Like, there's a, a wide variety of skills in any profession, right? Yeah. There's the folks that take care of the super important jobs of making sure that uh, constrained pieces of the system are working, yeah. right? You need somebody that makes sure that all of your servers are patched. You need to make you need somebody to make sure that your um, hard drive arrays are working, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's administration work, right? Yeah, you're doing active, useful, important work. Yep. But then there's engineering work where you're going, okay, so I've got 900 of these servers. How are they? Re- how are they working together? Are they running the same? Yeah. The no, right versions. A, there's of there's a difference, and like it's a different level of skill set. It's like the difference between a. Uh, and and I'm completely freewheeling here, so this may be a bad example. But the dentist and the dental hygienist, right? Yeah. Like dental hygienists are awesome. We totally need them because otherwise my teeth wouldn't get clean. Because the yeah. dentist would be like, "I'm gonna go ahead and drill that out. I, I could clean it, but it's easier to drill." I, I think there's a, there is a bit of a gray fuzzy area. Yeah. For and, what a lot of people do, that ends up kind of in between. There there is a lot of crossover, and the the other thing that I've noticed, by the way, recently is. Uh, Operations. You uh, mean the operations engineer versus the service engineer versus the support engineer versus the systems engineer we, versus... Which uh, are all effectively the same thing. But one of the things I, I found recently was some people call themselves operations that I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> you're not on call, for one thing, motherfucker. Well, wait. Um, <laughs> and... And uh, yeah, I don't want to get it. I'm going to piss off a bunch of people if I if I go into detail on well, this. Well, l- let's not even talk about pissing off people. Let's talk about actually some bad decisions that have been made in the technology field. Like if I'm talking to my wife, right, and I mis- mention mention operations engineering. Yeah. Do you know what she thinks of? Uh, I have no idea because I have no idea what anybody outside of what I do would actually think so that means. Most people, when you talk about operations engineering. You're actually talking about the people that are managing physical locations of stuff, right? Right. The operations of the building. Like, we've got a big building uh, that is responsible right, right, for building right. shit. Right. Or somebody that's driving a train. Or some Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, so in the computer world, we've gone around and said, you know what? We're actually not going to have any um, governing bodies that say you need to know X, Y, or Z. So we're just going to make up a shit ton of titles um, that are all going to mean different things at different yeah. companies. And we're going to hope to God that we can find some reasonable people this way. Like, I know this isn't a problem for you, but I've been spending a lot of time trying to hire folks lately. And if you're <laughs> no, a systems it's not engineer, a problem for me. <laughs> I take that back. Yeah. It's a different set of problems for you. Uh, um, once we finish this recording, I'm going to go into a story for you that's going to blow your mind. <laughs> so, uh, like, I spend a lot of time um, trying to find folks that have the skill set I need. Yeah. And Good luck. Yeah, and that's the thing is like the systems engineering, administration, operations engineering, support engineering space is so wildly different in every company yeah. that like you'll see guys with 10 years experience and their 10 years experience is, um, you know, swapping out hard drives, arrays, um, putting like racking data center servers. Right. And that's totally legitimate work in I'm honest to God happy that there are people that are super yeah. excited to do that and are really it's good at it. It's not the experience that you're looking for, But though, it's not right? the experience I'm looking yeah. for. And differentiating the two based off of job title, where you've worked, is, like, impossible. Right, because there's no... They, they, the, 
the like, industry hasn't evolved the to thing. the point where they've said this is what this means and right. this is what this means. If and I need a mechanical engineer, yeah. I can go into LinkedIn and say, I would like a mechanical engineer with 15 years experience that is honest to God a mechanical engineer. Right. Right. And you'll get and Michael Douglas from falling down and he'll come in with his exactly. and he'll mechanical like, engineer your shit. I, I want a, an electrical engineer. Yeah. I, boom. Instantly right there. I want an architect. Same thing, right? No yep. questions asked. I can go, here's a list don't, of architects. Don't get me started on architects in, in, in our Software industry. architects and operations architects. We should punch most oh of those fuckers God. in the head. Um, so, yeah, that's a long way to go to say uh, our, our industry needs to grow up a little bit. A little bit. A um, little, little, little growth opportunity there. Yeah. We, we have some room to go. Um, that being said, as much as this is awesome for, like, um, there's a bunch of really neat companies out there. They're small companies. They're doing really cool shit. Um, but they're not helping by calling their um, by changing their titles uh, right. like systems god. Okay, what does that mean exactly? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um, that being said, if any of you want to hire me and give me more money than I'm doing right now and let me work from home, let's talk. Yeah. Offline. But, but the other <laughs> the other thing that I've noticed is even just general titles of like, oh yeah, I was the director of operations at such <sighs> and such company. You're like. Wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> Wait a minute. I had because in my company that means you were the shit. I, I uh, did an uh, interview not too long ago, um, and I was talking to a guy who had like uh, his resume was like director of technical operations, uh, CEO. I was like, wait, he was both. Th- those aren't those two different positions. What the? Yeah. F- Wait, I mean, how, unless how many, you're a technical many, startup, maybe. I was like, how many people are in, uh, in in this company internally in my head? Because I don't know if that's one of those things I can ask or not, right? Right. Because right. there's a whole list of shit you can't ask in an interview, and I, I just avoid asking anything, really. Right. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, so if I were to hire you, would you suck or would you be awesome? If you take even half a breath on that question, <laughs> not going to make it. Yeah. I'm kidding. My uh, interviewing is a little more rigorous than that. But I've got I've got a, uh, two chairs in my office, and when people come in to interview, one is a hard little formal chair, and the other right. one's a big soft, comfy chair. Mm-hmm. And I always say, "Hey, take a seat." And people always pause and they look at the two chairs as if it's a test. <laughs> and I'm not exactly sure. I mean, it could be, but I'm not exactly sure what it would mean. I haven't figured out what like I need to start figuring out which type of people take which chair right. to try and like come up because I don't know. It, it could be a test. I'm just not. But I I've ended up now when I see people come in, I'm like, take a seat wherever, and then I go. Use the comfy it's, one. It's, it's gonna it's be better. Not a, it's not a test. Choose whichever chair you want. So. Um, I was chatting uh, with a guy I know the other day, and we were commiserating about uh, um, how hard it is to find the talent that you're looking for. And I was like, you know what we ought to do? And he's like, what? I'm like, so here's what we do. We get a piece of paper, and we print up on the piece of paper ones and zeros the whole way through the paper. So the whole paper is just full of arbitrary ones and zeros. That's the first page. On the second page, we take and we do the exact same thing, right? The exact same ones and zeros on both pages, except every once in a while we flop a couple so that, you know, what used to be a one is now a zero. We hand the people the paper and we ask them to tell us which ones are different. (laughs) And he's like, and anybody that can't solve it in three seconds, we just don't talk to anymore. I'm like, exactly. And like, the thing is, he's like, so how many people do you think would actually just start at the top left and go one, zero, one, zero? When there's obviously a very simple and quick solution 
that should jump out to anybody that thinks the same way you want them to think. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things that approximates a brain teaser, but, like, seriously, people have to start, like, using their brains. Right. It's it's the, uh, it's like um, in Inception, right? Draw me a maze, the da-da-da. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The the, the problem with the brain teaser questions is sometimes you might just not be on the right wavelength to pick that up, right? Yeah. Um, in which case it becomes like, well, this guy seems like a retard, but he's not. He just didn't happen to right. like would, have would, the solution to that particular puzzle, right? Which is why we don't ask brain teaser questions. Yeah. But the other side of that is that means that each one of us starts to pick like three technical questions. Right. And right? we always have the same ones. And we always ask the same technical questions. And we've heard this question like... 30 times a week for the last year. Right. And we've had plenty of time to think about it and just like, why haven't you figured this out? It's simple. Yeah. When the first the person on the other end is like, I, okay, so I heard this 10 seconds ago. Um, I'm thinking I would take this approach, but it's not as performant as I want, so maybe I should look at this approach. Um, let, let me think about this a little bit. And you're like, okay. The One of the things that I've noticed with interviews is some interviewers tend like to uh, find out what you don't know, right? right? They want to drill you on whatever technology. And one of the problems is there's so much technology out yep. there, nobody can know all of it. Uh, there's a few people, but most of the people don't really know all of it. Right. So the, the, of the, the three or five technical questions that I've got, you might know three, but then there's the yep. two that you don't know. Some of those interviewers will go, oh, he doesn't know this. Let me ask him more questions about this, which really doesn't get you anything. So... Yeah, I, I go the I, other way. Like when I'm interviewing folks or even phone screening them, I look for things that they know about. Right, and then right? I, because I'm then the you can same. drill down and you can figure out how much do they know how much about do they know thing, about right? this? Because and, yeah, part and of when they're saying looking, I know something about this thing, oh cool. Well, tell me how much you know about it. Give me a little bit more info, and and then and that way I I kind of have an idea of how much their their fluff. Right. Um, so I'm just gonna go ahead and give everybody out there right now some free advice. If you put a scripting language on your resume, make sure you can write code in it. It's probably it's probably a good good tip. I like I regularly talk to folks and they have like Perl, Python, Ruby, JavaScript, uh, Pi, uh, PowerShell. I'm like, okay, cool. So which one of these are you most comfortable in? I can run all of those scripts. And that is exactly the wrong fucking thing to say. Right, but I've, I've, I've heard the exact same answer, yeah. right? And it's like, okay, okay, so let's go ahead and just... I I personally, I've been learning Python, so let's go with Python. Okay, so here's this, and the guy's like, uh, actually, could could we go with uh, could, could we go with uh, shell scripting? It's like, uh, dude, I, yes, but God damn it, I just gave you the option, and you picked Python. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah. Like... Going into interviews, you want to highlight the things you're good at. Yep. And writing a resume, you don't want to have, like, somebody will tell you you want to have word soup on there so that you get picked up by the scans. Guess what? That actually does you negative. Like, if you don't know what you're talking about in something that, like, I get a lot of guys that say they like Power, or that they know PowerShell. I'm a huge PowerShell fan, in case we haven't figured this out yet. Um, <laughs> what? Really? I know. Shocking. And so, like, whenever I get a guy that's like, yeah, I know PowerShell, and I'm like, awesome, let's have, an, let's have a conversation about PowerShell. What's your favorite? What do you like about PowerShell? What's great about it? What, what, what do you find yourself using all the time? And they're like, well, it can connect to WMI. I'm like, right, so can VB script. Yeah. W- w- what else? 
uh, well, um, uh, it, it's object oriented. I'm like, great. So it's object oriented. Uh, what 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 do you get to do with that? Like, what what have you used that to do? Yeah. Like, well, I've uh, I've uh, I've used WMI. Uh, so so it's like no. I, I was recently working on my resume, and I didn't even put any of the specific scripting languages that I'm I'm familiar with, which right. is mostly at this point PowerShell. Because if I went back and started doing Perl again, I'd have to completely <laughs> go through a refresher on my own. Yeah. Um, I, I did mention some things that you know, hey, I, I I did this task, I scripted this task, I accomplished this objective, you know, but I didn't actually specify. You know, that way when they, you know, gives out, gives how did yep. you do this, right? And I can actually talk about what I did as opposed to putting on some things. I mean, if I put yep. VB script on it, yes, I've used VB script. I've run a million VB scripts. I've edited and, and even created some of my own VB scripts. But if somebody started asking me questions about VB script, I'd be like, dude, I don't remember the syntax so or anything. Here's the other thing that is another, okay, I'm going to tell you two more things that you need to do on interviews so that you can actually get a job. If you have on your resume, Worked on X project, which used this script to do Y activity. You damn well better have written that script. Because when I read that in your resume, what I read is, I wrote this script to automate X, Y, or Z. Yeah. So when I ask you about it and say, so it looks like you have the script on your resume for this really cool project that was like seriously impacting, save the company a whole ton of money. Yeah. Tell me about it. How did you approach the problem? What were your inputs? What were your outputs? And you go... Well, I knew this guy, and he wrote the script, and I like I. Uh, I, I took it, and then I I, I, I ran it. I ran with different parameters. Yeah, don't don't do that. Yeah, that's probably like not don't good. do not put that on your resume. Like put that you worked the project, right? Because you were the one running the project, you were the one in charge of it, you were doing shit. Right. Put what you accomplished. Highlight that stuff. Don't highlight the stuff that you like. Everybody in the world has gone. Oh, dude, that's an awesome script. Can I use it over my project? Yeah. Yeah, great. We th it's okay. Like everybody here has done that. But don't sell it as if you wrote it because somebody's going to ask you about that and then yeah. you're going to be fucked. Yeah. And the other thing is if you're th there's certain key things that you should be listening to for in when you're in an interview. Um if the person that's talking to you says, "Okay, cool. Is there another way you could do that?" You should answer, "Hmm, let me think about that." Because they're telling you there's another way to do that. Yeah. The, the, the fact that they're asking you means that maybe the way you've picked isn't the greatest or they're just interested in poking on other ways you might approach the problem, right? Yeah. Don't ever say, nope, that's how I do it. Like, seriously, in an interview, you want to have an opportunity to talk about what you do, what you know, how things work. Yeah. And if you answer in yes or no questions, especially when the person's giving you an opportunity to, uh, like, expound on stuff, run with it. Yep. Do it. Talk more. Um, okay, I think that's all I have for... Uh, whining about people's interviewing. Yeah, probably all we got for today. I'm yeah, out of uh, topics. <laughs> I'm out of stuff. Yeah, me too. So uh, thank you very much for listening. And uh, next week we will be back with more ranting and raving from me and uh, probably some constructive stuff for Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Right talk on. to you guys later. Bye.